0: Welcome to a very special episode of Marketing as a Foreign Language. This is the 259th. This one's going to be an all me all the time. The Selfish Entrepreneur is the title. Now, we're going to talk about Anne Rand. Don't know if you ever got into her Fountainhead Atlas Shrugged or a couple of the books that she wrote back in the day. We're going to talk about ego narcissism, extricating yourself from the process. And, of course, we're going to talk about Mark Zuckerberg, Because who doesn't want to talk about him? So to lead the way, we're going to take a look at an article from Engadget.com. Google removes popular Android apps that stole Facebook passwords. And the reason we're chatting about this in particular, uh, happy 4th of July, by the way, yesterday. I hope you had fun. So Google is still racing to pull Android apps that commit major privacy violations. Um, that Google has removed nine apps from the Play Store after Dr. Web analysts discovered they were Trojans stealing Facebook login details. So the reason we're starting with this is yes, you should be aware that passwords are being stolen all the time, but also that this is the kind of thing that lands on Zuckerberg's desk, and you might think that waking up as Mark Zuckerberg, um, is a joy. And in many ways it is. And in many ways, it's an absolute living nightmare. Um, he still hurts. He's still got knee pain. He gets headaches. He gets sick. Um, all of the things, um, you know, there are viruses that are uncurable, no matter how much money you have. I mean, there are a million different things that we as human beings struggle with. And then, there's a picture of Mark holding an American flag on a surfboard. (laughs) CNBC.com Zuckerberg decides to do a flag waving flag waving surfboard riding Independence Day Instagram video. So I'm literally staring at Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know on some private Lake. I'm sure make America weird again. He's literally holding an American flag and like, jetting through the air, the 37-year-old mega-billionaire. So I'm 37, and uh, I don't. I can't see myself on a private lake. I'm calling it a private lake. I don't know if it's a private lake, but just imagine Mark Zuckerberg on a surfboard holding the American flag. So he loves America, and you can't really blame him for loving America now, can you? If you're joining us for the live show, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, why don't you leave something? in the chat box, you know, we love to hear from you. But uh, yeah, so here's Zuckerberg with, you know, these monstrous problems on his plate. He can always remove himself from the process with the exception maybe of being called to testify in front of Congress, that sort of thing. So I wanna talk a little bit about Ayn Rand, selfishness, narcissism, and how that relates to you and your business. And maybe some of the accusations that get thrown at you as an entrepreneur. Um, And maybe times when you have been a bit narcissistic and trying to reflect on how we can be better as people. So first of all, there's a book by Anne Rand called The Fountainhead, which a lot of people think is garbage. The movie is not very good. Uh, But when I was young and reading that book in high school, I got to the end and yeah, I cried. Not afraid to admit it. I thought it was beautiful because here was this kid who when he was in college, did really well on all of the math exams, all of the the sort of non-creative bits. And then when he got to the creative side, they would say, you know, your aesthetic is garbage because you didn't use the Roman pillars because that's in vogue. And so basically he had bad teachers and the teachers were saying, look, there's a certain aesthetic that you need to learn. And he's like, "I I could care less about your aesthetic. I just want to design what makes the most sense. And so the general theme is that here comes the man and the man is going to tell you how you should be designing. Now, I think for a lot of people nowadays that has shifted and there's not this sort of top down. I mean, there there's got to be some of it. But by and large, I think culturally, we're very sort of creative as a people. But the point is that ego can be seen as a good thing. It's always perceived as this horrifying thing that no one should ever have which is ridiculous, obviously. Now, if you take an example from like my life and my kids and they're not cleaning up and, you know, they need to learn to be altruistic and they need to learn to be a good person and and this and that and whatever. Yes, I get it. I get it. We all get it. Say no more. The point I'm making is, is that if you extricate, and I love this word, this is a, a word that Ram Das uses a lot. Don't know if you're big into him. You should uh, YouTube him, spiritual dude, incredible incredible teacher. Way out there, and probably clinically psychotic, but amazing. He always talks about extricating yourself from the process, and for me, the journey has been, okay, let's say I'm managing a group of bloggers. The goal is to get someone else to do that, Even if I don't know what comes next and you can see that as the positive side of ego, which is to say, I have enough faith in myself that if I hire someone to do the thing I am currently doing, even if I'm not entirely sure what comes next, we do it anyway. So there's ego for you. That's risky behavior. Because you're not making that much more money as an entrepreneur because, again, you're paying for someone to do the job you just did. And then what are you doing next? And I did that so many times over and over and over again that by the end of it, you end up with things like this. Now there's a live show, I guess. you know I'm holding a copy of my book. Hey, look, it's a book that is now you know three, four years old. So... As a business owner, you may find that there is a certain kind of relationship you have with the people that you work with. There is a reaction that they will have to the things you say. You will find that, you know, maybe faking it works. (laughs) For lack of a better word, you're having a terrible day. You just you're going to rise up and you're going to you know, you're going to be a leader. Okay, now the skills that work in that kind of environment, you may find come across horribly in other environments, which is to say, if like in a marriage or in a friendship, these are very different relationships. So there are folks that are the best friends in the world, and they struggle with leadership. Now, if you are the trifecta, and you're the perfect human being, and you've achieved enlightenment, great, this show isn't for you, you can go watch something else. But if you're like the rest of us and there's that voice in your head that is constantly telling you how you can improve and you have anxiety and you worry about the future, well, then you may find that the leadership skills that you are developing over time, if you're not careful, can bleed into other areas of your life and it can not go well. For example, decisiveness and speed is so important in the early days of entrepreneurship because you just need to make the decision now. I I play speed chess. I have done this for a year, blitz chess. It's quick, it's now, it's fast, let's go, let's go. For the love of God, let's go. That's my personality unchecked. Now that things have progressed throughout the years, I find myself playing more classical chess because that's what the company requires of me. We have a graphic designer that takes a job somewhere else as an admin at a university. Incredible. She's an amazing human being. We wish her well. Now we have a black hole in my company and we need to find a solution and the solution needs to be the correct one. So we're looking to hire and we are slowly moving in these directions and we eventually come up with a solution. Holy Lord, please work. That may not be a solution at all. And sometimes you just make the decision and you wait patiently. (laughs) Now, let's say in a friendship, you may find yourself doing those same sort of things. Like, oh, I'm going to make these decisions really quickly. And then when you make a mistake in the friendship, say, cause you're, you're making decisions fast because it works for you in your business, it just doesn't work. It simply doesn't work in that friendship scenario. Cause you apologize like, oh, my bad. When I apologize to a client, usually it's fine. Cause I'll go, Hey, look, it doesn't happen that often but feelings aren't really hurt because it's transactional. Which is to say, I had a snafu with billing the other day, went in, I was like, you're absolutely right, my fault, refund won't happen again, done. No feelings are hurt because it's capitalism, it is what it is, here's the money, we're done. In a relationship, you, you make a, you know, with a friend or you, you blow something off, this, that, or the other thing, and it's just it's just very different. It's different, which is to say that this is somewhat of a warning for entrepreneurs because Zuckerberg, for example, is in the middle of a lake waving a American flag. Um, being successful, first of all, is not a panacea. It, is not, it does not stop you from suffering. I know that this is something that you are aware of deep down. A lot of people will direct their hate at leaders because you get to in our society. We say, look, we're going to pay you X amount of money. And that means that everyone gets to say whatever they want about you, whenever they want about you, because here's all this money. That's just the, that's the social contract that we've set up under capitalism. Now, let's say, You start a business, you get through those first three years where most people fail and you start succeeding and you start finding that the the folks that surround you, they laugh at your jokes. They are careful of what they say about you. And if you're not careful and you don't put yourself in more stressful environments where people are really fighting against you, you can go soft. And that's not good. (laughs) you can get complacent and you can rest on your laurels. This is a common phrase because it happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. You get a certain amount of success and then you kind of sit back and you go, okay, well, I'm going to enjoy this success. Now, what you're doing, if you find yourself stuck in that honey trap is you are not respecting your staff because your staff has, resu- has taken on these responsibilities and the fact that you're no longer grinding is just a disservice to them period and so i met a dude who owned the largest title company in montana and he said don't be greedy and i always took this to mean pay your staff don't just hoard the money and that's essentially what he meant but it also means don't be greedy in the sense of Hey, I got mine. This happens to a lot of people. Hey, you know, I did it successful. I got mine. That's greed too. You can be greedy with your time. So as you move through this, multiple things are happening. Number one, there's a lot of little traps, entrepreneurial traps that you can fall in. And I don't really have an entrepreneurial mentor. Maybe you do. Maybe you've met someone that can guide you through this, but for a lot of us, and I think if we're being honest with ourselves, we're just kind of pushing through to try to understand this from our perspective. When I play Blitz chess, I just make mistakes. When I make a mistake, I hit the new game. Just like, let's go. I'm, gonna, I'm going to blunder. I'm going to be hitting the walls. This is just part of it. Now, what drives an individual to be like this? You could say ego. You could say narcissism because you have to have, if I'm a little avatar and I have a health bar, I have to have enough health to like continuously be bumping into stuff and hurting myself. And I have to be able to heal myself back up to keep going and keep fighting and do these sorts of things. So you have to have a certain healthy amount of like, I can do this. And internally you'll say, I'm being confident (laughs) that's what you'll think. But externally people can be going, he is so full of himself. They can be thinking he is a narcissist. He is so egotistical. She only thinks about herself. She doesn't understand my perspective. And so what I found and again, this isn't relationships, this isn't friends, but in the context of a business, going to the folks you work with and saying, look, I I screw up constantly. You know, I'm like, from from your perspective, not even that. It's like, I've done something wrong. Just as much humility as you can throw out there, even if you perceive what you're doing is confident. It's like, I'm being a confident leader. Ta-da, here I go. Moving forward, doing what leaders do. And that's tough. That's tough because when you wake up, you're already anxious. I'm anxious. If you're being honest with yourself, you're not anxious, really. Well, hello, first ever person I've, I've met my entire life who's not you know anxious about being an entrepreneur or a leader. Same thing goes for marketers, too, because even if you're not the CEO of a company or an entrepreneur, Uh, and you're marketing for some XYZ company, you you still have a massive burden on your plate that you have to solve these problems. Marketing is very difficult. So according to, now we're going to get into the article. According to this Forbes article, Forbes.com, link in the description, why successful entrepreneurs put themselves first. This is Jodi Cook. She writes, selfish, self-centered, unconscientious, careless. These are some of the shame and guilt-ridden words that might swim around in an entrepreneur's head when they choose to put themselves first, when they turn down the party invitation in order to work on their business, when they don't lend the hand or give the favor because they have a project to finish, when they leave the event early to be well-rested for the following day. And I'm going to throw another one in there. When in the middle of the day, they sleep. Or in the middle of the day... They go running when they use the fact that there is time in their life to take care of themselves. That's crazy. I don't know if you've ever had this opportunity in your life. You have to understand I was a teacher. What? You can't leave. There's no leaving. There's no going anywhere. You are stuck city. Teaching is perhaps maybe surgeon would be even worse, but there is no job that I've ever had where you have that feeling of stuck because even if you are sick, you just, you can't call in and be done. Like if you're a waitress, you're like, Hey, look, I'm super sick is what it is. Can't come in. That's it. They may be angry with you. You have to do with repercussions of that. But when you're sick as a teacher, what are you giving the sub again? You have to give them something. You still have to work when you're sick which is ridiculous. And so as an entrepreneur, what I've tried to do is give everyone autonomy as best I can. I'm trying to give everyone that feeling of being the owner of a company as best I can. But ultimately, if I get a Skype from one of my employees, it feels different than if they receive a Skype. It just does. So, As a business owner, you may find yourself feeling guilty or going back to the narcissism and the ego like, you know what, I deserve this sort of flexibility. And the unwritten rule of many businesses is that folks know that the owner has that flexibility. It's already built in there. And it's just a matter of whether or not that person still shows up and still grows the company because at the end of the day team members are willing to forgive a certain amount of narcissism and ego and all that sort of stuff um, if you continue to bring it, right? Now they they may have their feelings and they may talk amongst themselves about certain things that you do and you're probably guilty of it too. I mean you're probably doing something that's you know that you don't realize is rubbing people the wrong way is what it is. Brad Hess in chat on the importance of self-care, if you don't take care of yourself, how can you be expected to take care of the business now brad i know has a large whiteboard and what he'll do is just like ah you'll have a sort of a like a montage moment uh, that you'll see in movies where he'll just get it all out there and that is such an entrepreneur things to do and if you don't have enough confidence in yourself enough ego i mean look that's a matter of perspective Well, one person calls ego and narcissism. The other person calls confidence and self-care. It's a matter of perception. And the team is everything. So if you walk in and you're a bulldozer and you're just knocking stuff over and you think that's going to work for you long-term and you're in a situation where you need a team, well, then you're in trouble. We all know this. This is obvious. Um, And so when does self-care go too far? It's a balancing act, just like anything in life. You are all very aware of this. Back to the article. Some entrepreneurs have met and dealt with shame and guilt and come through the other side unharmed. Their lessons mark a powerful reminder of looking after number one, of brazenly putting on your own life jacket before helping others. So that's a cliche. We all know. We have heard that a million times about... Um, Being on an airplane and putting on the oxygen mask of the person next to you. So Liz Johnson, medal winning Paralympian and co-founder of the Ability People and Podium. Podium, by the way, is a, a pretty massive company. Learned the power of putting herself first early in her sports career. Quote, it's often assumed that putting yourself first is a selfish move, one that goes against the interests of the wider team. But she found it not to be the case. While swimming for Great Britain, I'd often turn down invitations to socialize with teammates to get an early night or opt out of group training sessions to have a much needed rest day. Johnson did what she had to do to maintain top form. So if the argument is that you're just doing everything you can to make sure that you're the best possible leader ever, then that's kind of an an easy argument to make in terms of ego. I guess what I'm talking about is when your leadership, when your ego, when, dare I say it, your narcissism becomes a problem for other people. (laughs) Because as we move throughout this planet, we are going to bug people. We are going to annoy them. Um, And it's easy to look at what we're doing as like, I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm doing the best I can, again, we reflect on ourselves and we go, it's confidence, but to step just to take a second and go, Hey, individually with people on your team, individually with clients, even, and just say, is there anything I can be doing better? Is there something that we can be doing better? Hey, I know that, you know, um, this is a problem. We're working on it. That sort of thing. it's, it's, Easy to talk about the benefits of humility. It's easy to see it in others when they come to us and they'll say, hey, sorry about that. You know, we can do better, just really owning it, that sort of thing. Um, Obviously, much harder to put it into practice. So to wrap everything up into a nice, cute little box, if you don't have confidence in yourself in the future, which is to say, If you are not sure, you can do it. If you're not sure, you can pull it together and have a successful business developing enough ego, which is just to say, I'm gonna do it anyway. (laughs) In chess, this happens all the time. You look at a chess move and you go, well, that's dumb that I just lose my bishop, for example. But then you analyze it down the line and you go, okay, wait a second. If I do that, he takes with the king, and then I can fork him and win the queen. If you're not big in the chess, you can sacrifice yourself to win the game. And to be able to do that, you may try to sack or sacrifice many times and just lose and just come out the other side. Good example of that is uh, I spent $5,000 on Google Ads this last run, and does anyone like burning money? Because I burned it. I mean, burned it, smoke, gone. We developed, we got leads from it. No question about it. None of them closed. And so that's just a blunder. And you can say, oh, but well you learned from it. Yeah, well, you learn from everything, don't you? I mean, we're constantly learning. And so, so yes, it, it was an expensive lesson in B2B marketing, um, B2C much different B2B, I mean, LinkedIn, Facebook, I mean, we're, we're throwing money at everything nowadays. And so we are paying to learn. Um, and so mind you, the person I had running with the ads campaign is the best Google ads person I've ever had. We have stellar, stellar results for our clients, which are B2C, mind you. And so There you have it. For those of you that are unfamiliar with that terminology, business to customer, business to client is B2C, B2B is business to business. They're two very different things. When people look to hire an ad agency, they want a warm referral, no doubt. Um, And so if you have been accused of being selfish, if you have been accused of being egotistical, if you feel like someone could even throw that accusation at you, maybe read The Fountainhead. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, it's like anything um, in this life. A healthy dose of self-reflection goes a long way. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for swinging by the show today. I really appreciate it. While you listen to me, go on and on. 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, every single Monday through Friday. YouTube.com for us. I send it rising. Send it rising, the name of the agency that I happen to own. If you know anybody interested in WordPress websites, SEO, social media, LinkedIn ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, etc. We would love to chat with you. If you haven't subscribed already on the YouTube channel, we would love for you to do that. And if you are listening to us on the podcast, oh, thank you so much. iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, all these platforms. We're we're starting to get some good numbers there. And uh, tell a friend because really, really honestly, I could not um, be more grateful to the folks that are downloading the podcast. It means the absolute world to me. If you want to reach out to us, uh, give us a ring or info info at senditrising.com. There you go. This is Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 259, signing off.